I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind the Grief Gang is to normalize the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this. You'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences, some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but I hope above all, I hope you'll learn. I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey, that you have a voice and it should be heard, that you and your grief matter. So without further ado, I'll let you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. This week, I am joined by a fantastic woman who I discovered on Instagram a about a month and a bit ago or so um and I'm so happy that I have because this has been a topic that I have wanted to discuss for so long and I feel like there is no one better to be sat here today with to do so so without further ado I would like to introduce Louisa hello (laughs) (laughs) hi How are you feeling? I'm okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. a bit nervous. Yeah. But I'm okay. Am I on your first podcast? <laughs> yeah, oh, you are. Yes, yes. Love that, love that. Well, I hope you're feeling comfortable. Um, so let's get into it. So, Louisa, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself to the listeners, um, who you are, age, what you do for a living, and who we are here to remember today. Okay, so um, I'm Louisa. I just turned 35 yesterday. Mm-hmm. And um, at the moment, I'm on maternity leave, actually. But normally, I am a senior buyer for Cult Beauty, which is a beauty website which I love and adore, um, based in London. But it's a global business. So mm-hmm. before this, I travelled a lot, um, obviously before lockdown, kind of finding all the best beauty 
products all over the world. Yeah. Um, it's a dream job, to be honest. Mm. Um, Everybody fresh in the back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Uh, and then um, I guess what we're here to talk about today is um, my daughter, August, who um, was born on the 8th of June this mm-hmm. year uh, during lockdown. Um, and she was unfortunately and unexpectedly stillborn, mm-hmm. which kind of has completely rocked our world, I guess. Yep. Um, so yeah, I was uh, had a really healthy pregnancy, actually. Um, everything was really good. Obviously, I had sickness and stuff in yeah. the beginning, as you do. But every scan, everything was perfect. She mm-hmm. was growing perfectly. And then I was overdue, so I got to 41 weeks and one day and suddenly the contraction started kicking yep. in so we were really excited and I was yeah. bouncing on that ball and to be honest the contractions were horrendous I, they were mm. so painful I don't know if that's normal or mm-hmm. because you know my case was of course yeah. quite different mm-hmm. but um so went went into hospital they looked me over got sent home I wasn't ready went home for a bit bounced on the ball a bit um and by the afternoon I'd been contracting for like over 12 hours Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't take the pain anymore I I hadn't slept at all my partner hadn't slept at all um so we rang the hospital and went back in Mm -hmm. and they checked me over and everything was fine they sent Liam away because of COVID obviously he couldn't come in with me so I was in such a state of pain I just I just needed some pain relief yes yeah so I was in there for about an hour and because of COVID, the whole thing was like a ghost town. Actually, it was yeah. really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nurses kept coming in and out and getting things checked off. And they said, oh, we can open the ward for you upstairs. There's nobody here. So you can have the rushy ward at the Royal Barks. Okay. And um, we're going to give you some morphine. So just to let you sleep for a few yeah. hours because you're not ready yeah. to push yet. But you're obviously in a lot of pain. So I was like, okay, great. So they checked the baby's heartbeat. They checked my heartbeat. Everything was fine. Everything was really healthy and normal. Um... And then I said to them, oh, by the way, I think my water's broke Mm. um, on the way to the hospital. And she had a quick look and she said, oh, no, no, I don't think so. I can't see anything. And I was like, well, okay, that's strange. I I did feel like a rush of water. And when you're like 34, you you kind of know your body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, they dismissed that. So I was like, okay, fine. Um, Yeah, you think you're the professional. Yeah, exactly. So they took me upstairs to the ward, opened the whole ward for me put me on a bed, gave me a um, morphine injection, and then I drifted off to sleep, thank goodness, for about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. They came in to check me um, about 45 minutes later. By this time, I'd text Liam and said, just go home and get some rest because I'm going to try and rest for four hours yeah. and I'll call you when I'm a bit closer because mm-hmm. at that time, they were only letting partners in when you were actively pushing. Yes, yeah. You had to do everything else by yourself. So... Um, 45 minutes later, the nurse came to check on me, took my heartbeat, took the baby's heartbeat, and it was a student nurse, and she couldn't seem to get the Doppler to work. Mm-hmm. And she was doing it and doing it and doing it, and I was so out of it, to be honest. I was like, eh, like yeah, whatever, it's fine, do just do your thing. Yeah. And they really, really couldn't get it to work, and it was beginning to get a bit more frantic. And I guess I was so high on the pain relief that I was like really drowsy and didn't mm-hmm. really know what was going on. Anyway, they bundled me in a wheelchair... And um, they said, oh, we're just going to take you downstairs just to give you a quick scan. So I was like, okay, cool. So they bundled me in a wheelchair, went downstairs, and then they called the consultant in, and he started to scan me. 
he said, oh, you know, because your baby's so big because you're overdue, it's hard to find where the heart is. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the midwife said to me, why don't you phone Liam now to come in? And I said, oh, oh, really? Yeah, he, so soon. He can come? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. And as I phoned him, I was like, oh, you can come in now. And he was like, oh. And then he said, you know, is everything okay? And I, I said, yeah, I think so. They're just scanning me at the moment. Mm. And I put the phone down and he was on his way in. And then they went and got another, they started to get really frantic in the room. And they said, oh, we need to go and get this other lady who was like the top consultant and sonographer, I think. So she came and she started scanning and then the whole room just went quiet and they turned the screen to me and they just said, "Um, Louise, I'm afraid we've got bad news. Um, Your baby's died. Mm. And my heart literally, I just... I can't even, going back to that moment, it is just, yeah. I can't even explain how I felt yeah. because I felt like this isn't even real. Yeah. I was so like drowsy on the pain relief. Then to be told that, I was like, no, that yeah, you, they've not got that right. That's wrong because 45 minutes ago, she yeah. was fine. Yeah. And I just started screaming and crying. And my first thought was, Liam's on his way here thinking that I'm In going, to going into labour. Yeah. And when he gets into this room, I've got to tell him that the baby's died. Yeah. And it was so awful. It's okay. <laughs> Take your time. It's okay. <laughs> so obviously to my go first... through that alone. I know. Obviously my first thought is, oh, I shouldn't have took that pain relief because she died after that. Mm. <laughs> and so... You begin to question everything. Thing, yeah. What have I done? You look to yourself. And I said, oh, I took an antihistamine yesterday. I took some paracetamol yeah, earlier. You I just took... want an answer. And I said, what have I done? And they were like, Louisa, this is nothing you've done. We don't know why it's happened. And I was like, how can you not know? Yeah. Tell me and give me a reason. Why has this happened? So, anyway... Oh, I didn't put tissues on the table. <laughs> I'll get some in a minute. All right. um, so then I had 20 minutes to wait for Liam to come. And that 20 minutes was literally the longest in my life. Yeah. I was starting to get really angry. And I was like shouting at the nurses like, yeah. can you go and check if he's here? Yeah. Because I didn't want him to be waiting outside trying to get in. Yeah. Um, and not getting in. And then eventually he came and he just walked into the room and obviously saw I was crying and the doctor said, um, I'm afraid Liam, you know, we've got bad news that the baby's died. Yeah. And he was just like, that, how? Yeah. Like, that can't be real. Yeah. She I was left, fine. Yeah. I left her and she was fine. Yeah. And we just, that moment was surreal. Mm. Like, they just left us alone for like a bit and we mm. just cried and... Then, like, bless him, he... Obviously, I had to go and prepare to give birth. And I said to them, I said, such a yeah. stupid question, but I said, am I still going to have to give birth? Yeah, still going to have to go through this, that. My baby's died, and now yeah. now what happens? Mm. And they just said, yes, Because there's so, so many questions, isn't there? Obviously, yeah. It's something that, obviously... I, well, I can imagine in a pregnancy, you don't you don't look up these things. You don't look. No. If the worst happens, what do I need to do? You assume you get to twenty weeks and you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it is just, I think, I was so numb. I just didn't really even. I couldn't really take in what was happening. It felt like a daze. Mm-hmm. So then Liam had to go and ring my parents, yeah. ring his parents. Obviously, because of Corona, nobody could come in. Yeah. And all this time, I had like twenty six WhatsApps on my phone yeah, from people saying, like, okay. "Saying, 
Any news? Oh, are you yeah. are you in labour? Yeah. And obviously, I just couldn't even look Looking at my at phone. It and you're I, like, I can't. I just. I can't. actually think I put it on airplane mode. Yeah. Just because I didn't want any more messages, and mm-hmm. I just needed to like be away. And um, so yeah, Liam had to do that awful job of telling our families, which mm. was just horrendous. And um, he had to go and tell his children. So he went and did that whilst I just rested. Yeah. And that was horrendous. Um, and it's really confusing as well because the baby had died, but the baby wasn't born. Yeah. And I'd gone into hospital, you know, they'd waved me off. Yeah. And here we are. Um, and then basically I had to wait 12 hours until I could give birth. They gave me an oh epidural, which was pretty horrendous. Yeah. People just coming in and out of the room, kind of so many people. I think that was... That was draining me in the hospital yeah. because because this was a really big thing that had happened. It was like big news on the ward. Yeah, we literally had every consultant coming every in to doctor, give them our every... condolences, and we're yeah. so sorry. And I know everyone meant so well, and they were all so lovely to yeah. us. But at that point, I can't do small talk. Nah, I'm not doing that. I just yeah. I just don't want to talk to you. Like, please just leave me alone. Yeah. So anyway, I slept for about twelve hours, and then the next morning, I was um, I was induced and obviously started pushing and mm-hmm. pushing a baby knowing that the baby is not yeah. going to be alive, alive yeah. is just a different feeling That's, i was so yeah. worried about seeing her holding yeah. her I, did it almost um like almost prevent like did you feel like you weren't like not giving it your all but you're a bit hesitant to keep pushing yeah at one point it was so painful and so i i was about to throw up and I just said I can't do this anymore yeah. is there another way to get this baby out because I can't do yeah. it and to be honest Liam got me through that he just kept like helping me and mm. yeah and then when she came it was a really really different experience because when yeah. she was actually born we suddenly felt really calm yeah because she was here and she was so gorgeous and she was like the image of Liam mm. and she was really big she was seven pounds 11 so okay, near an eight yeah. yeah she was really you know big and healthy mm. and she she just looked so perfect she just looked like she was sleeping mm. and then I guess the we it was a bit of a fuzz but then we spent another night in hospital with her mm-hmm. and she was put in a cold cot so she could sleep with us yeah and at the Royal Barks, there's a special ward for bereaved parents where there's like a double bed mm-hmm. and you have a tea and coffee machine and mm. not that you even really care about eating well, no, exactly. or drinking. Yeah. You're just in a daze. Mm. But we went up there and I guess then we started to have to actually tell people because, I, like I said, I had all these messages on my phone like, mm-hmm. any news? Mm. Because everyone knew I was of overdue. Course, yeah. And, you know, going into hospital and stuff. And... I just couldn't face. I didn't even know how to tell these people. It's mm-hmm. just... What do you begin writing? like? I know. And there's no way I could talk on the phone. No. Like, yeah. I couldn't even talk to my mum and dad on yeah. the phone. Yeah. I just couldn't. So we stayed with August and then we had a lot of decisions to make about the post-mortem and the hospital advised not to have a post-mortem, which we'll never quite understand. Yeah. I guess they think that it's, you know, very... Um, I don't know, upsetting for you, I don't know. Mm. But we needed That's to know. It's quite assuming of them for a parent, you know, your baby has just died. You need to know And to, to assume why. that you, you don't want to know. Yeah. You don't want to know. And I presume they may think that of 
obviously they don't want to, maybe to poke and prod baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you need answers. Yeah. So mm. obviously it was a really difficult decision that we decided to have a postmortem because we had to find out what had happened. Of course. And um, I think one of the hardest moments was when the midwives came in to take August away. I knew where she was going. Yeah. And then we just had to go home. Yeah. And it really brought it back to me, actually, because obviously everything that happened with Chrissy Teigen and John Legend yeah. last week. Yeah. Chrissy Teigen tweeted, leaving the hospital, driving home from the hospital with no baby. How yeah. is this even real? Yeah. yeah. That is exactly. And those are the things that I think people don't realise. Then you're on maternity leave. Yeah. You go back to your house. You've got every baby Everything, thing yeah. under the sun. All the neighbours are expecting you to come back yeah. with a baby. And you just shut the curtains. And you just don't want to speak to anyone. Yeah. I will never forget um, Elle from Feathering the Empty Nest. She, I think she wrote in her book, or I, I listened to her on a podcast years ago. And she was speaking about how when, obviously, yeah, those things... You, no one prepares you for and she said the most like harrowing part was getting in the car and seeing that car seat it oh horrendous i look in the mirror yeah and seeing it there seeing that, like such an injustice liam was really amazing because he knew that that was going to be horrendous for me yeah. and he drove home before we came home yeah. gave the car seat to our neighbor to hide, hide it yeah hid all the stuff from me, shut the nursery door, the kids' mm-hmm. room's door, and just came back to a house that just kind of looked a bit more normal, I guess. But yeah. I knew everything was you, in there. You, yeah, you've bought everything. You know where everything is. You know what um, you had in place. Exactly. And I think the other thing that people forget when you lose a baby is when you come back from hospital, you still, um, you've still just had a baby. Your body is still Horrendous. producing. Yeah. You're in so much pain. Everything's alien. You still look pregnant. Yeah. Like, it is a feeling like nothing else. Yeah. And then you just sit numb together. Like, mm. I couldn't even focus on the TV. I'd put it on, but I couldn't look at it. And because everyone... I'd begin to talk, tell people then, yeah. like, people are so lovely sending you lovely messages and stuff, but every time you look at your phone, it makes Another you one. cry as yeah. well again. And then as people learned what was happening... People just start to send flowers and gifts and, you know, it's so lovely and people are so thoughtful. But every time the doorbell went, I would almost panic because Mm -hmm. it was like... What is this now coming to me that is going to set me off, trigger me? Although it's not a thing of, like, you've forgotten, it's with you always, but what is is this at my door that is now going to... People's words are so lovely, but they just used to set me off. It's the love, it's almost like... When, when you yeah, know, the love of people is just so overwhelming. Yeah. That the only expression is just to cry. Exactly. It's just to cry. And I think um, our house at one point, we had like 25 bouquets. Like, oh God, like a florist. It was like a florist. Mm. And we were like putting them in buckets. We just didn't have enough vases. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, like the support we've had has been amazing. And we just could, I don't think we could have got through it without, without, everyone around us really um but yeah the the first few weeks were the darkest because Uh you just think how is this my life now 
when three days ago I was overdue and excited to have a baby and yeah. now like you know and you don't even want to go outside of your house because the neighbours in case they ask you a question or yeah. you know yeah don't want to put the bins out yeah just like, you just literally want to shut the curtains them. and not mm-hmm. I didn't go food shopping for weeks maybe even months yeah people dropped off food I wouldn't open the door mm-hmm. I just yeah like it it was the weirdest, darkest, most horrible time. Yeah. Um, and then I guess paired on top of that was my ever-evolving guilt that maybe it was something I had done yeah. because we had no answers. Still no answers. And nobody yeah. in the hospital would tell us anything. Um, so we waited and we waited. And then um, August was obviously, she went to the John Radcliffe for her post-mortem mm-hmm. and... Um, then when she came back we could actually go and see her and we brought her home for a night to spend with us before we buried her which was really special um but it was never going to be enough and it's not normal is it to for that to be your special moment with your child yeah um so then we just kind of plodded on Liam had to go back to work and then I just I don't really know what I did for a long time. I think I went to my mum's most days. Yeah. I found it really hard to see people. Mm-hmm. Um, once I'd seen them, it was kind of okay, but I used to get myself really worked up, like uh, the thought of seeing somebody for the first time. And, yeah. and people obviously didn't know why she had died. Yeah. I didn't know why she had died. Just that so, like, looming elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah. And um, then, and I'm sure you know this well, but like all the things that people say that, <laughs> I mean, there's never the right thing to say, yeah. but sometimes people do say things that really just uh, do yeah. upset you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they don't mean it because they're just trying yeah. to be kind. But they're just trying to fill the void. Yeah. But sometimes it's just better, I think, in times like that when there really are no, no words. words. It's just to say, I don't have the words. Yeah. I don't have the words. Yeah. I wish I did. Yeah, I exactly. Just don't. There just yeah. are no words. Mm-hmm. Um. So we kind of plodded along through the summer, just, I guess, getting through the days Mm -hmm. and trying to be strong and trying to, you know, live life still, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Function. I wouldn't say live life, but function. Survive. Yeah. And then we finally heard from the hospital that they had the results back. So we, um, so we arranged to have a zoom call with them because of corona we couldn't actually have a meeting and they said they had the reason why august had died now prior to this i actually had pretty much worked out what had happened i'd done so much research i was down rabbit holes on Mm -hmm. the internet constantly and i was obviously thinking of every possible outcome Mm -hmm. but when i had gone in and i had said my waters had broken and they said they hadn't i'd read actually in Elle's book Mm -hmm. that um a water leak is possible. And if somebody has a water leak, it can be a sign of infection. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I think I had a water leak and I think I had an infection. Mm. Um, I phoned my doctor for my six week check and obviously they won't see you. And I said, I'm really desperate to be checked. And she said, why? I said, well, I've had a stillbirth. I I think my daughter died from something that maybe I carried and Mm -hmm. has been undetected. So she said, oh, well, let me have a look at your, um, your test results and everything. And she had a look and she said, oh, um, well, on the 7th of June, you did actually have an infection called group B strep. And I said, what Hearing is that? Hearing those words, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My heart 
literally dropped and I thought because this was a good six eight weeks since everything everything had happened and obviously yeah. we didn't hadn't heard this from the mm-hmm. hospital so to hear it from a doctor was yeah. really quite worrying and then obviously we did so much research and we basically pieced together what had happened, yeah. which was then confirmed at the post-mortem. So, which is like, it's not your job to do. No. It's not your job to do to be piecing the puzzle. It's really not. And communication is so key in mm-hmm. things like this because the reason the hospital didn't tell us is because they didn't want to us to go away and Google things. Yeah. They wanted to sit down with us and go through it properly, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because I then did hear from the doctor that I had this, mm-hmm. all we did was Google of things. Of course, of course. So we had six weeks of that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we had this confirmed that when my waters had broken, it was actually, um, a tiny pinhole leak, which allowed the infection that I carried Mm -hmm. that we were unaware of to seep in and August died Mm. within the hour, which is just terrifying. And the most unjust thing about this whole situation is in the UK, women just aren't tested for this groupie strep even though probably two out of five women carry it. Carry it yeah. And it's not dangerous unless you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're given antibiotics if you're a carrier mm-hmm. for the birth so that if yeah. the baby is, is uh, yeah. um, exposed to it, that they can fight it off. But it's re- it is rare for babies to die from it in, in the womb. Mm-hmm. It's more um, of an infection that causes things like meningitis, okay. uh, pneumonia... Uh, cerebral palsy okay um and obviously children can then die from that from that later on later on yeah Yeah. um but so can you could you explain for this is what what is like strep b so so. group b streptococcus i Mm. think it's called (laughs) is a bacteria okay so it's carried in um women and there's no rhyme or reason really and it doesn't it lives in you but it doesn't it's not always present like so, activated yeah. almost yeah so there's a lot of controversy over testing in the uk because they could test you and you have it at mm-hmm. 36 weeks but then when you go to give birth you might not have it yeah and then they're giving you antibiotics for no reason right but they've done the charity that we're working with the group b strep support have done so much research and rallied research and projects into finding that actually giving a woman a dose of penicillin mm does not do them or the baby harm. Mm -hmm. And the Department of Health um, responded... that's the antibiotic, just penicillin? Yeah, just penicillin. It's on an IV drip that they give you. Something so simple. The test actually cost the NHS £11. And if... The worst thing is that antenatal care in the UK, they don't tell you about groupie strep because they won't give you a free test. So they could tell you, but you would have to go and pay to have a private test done, which is about, I think, £35. Mm. Um, and they don't want it to be something that you can only do if you can afford it. Mm. But I just don't think that's their place to decide. To, yeah, to decide, you know. Yeah, not at all. Because I think if somebody heard our story, and I know for a fact this has happened, yeah. that if they thought their baby was going to die, they would probably not buy those two little outfits from Next you know and, go and, and go and get that £35 antibiotic or test. Get test yeah. And then they give you the antibiotics for labour. So we were so obviously devastated, but I, I guess it wasn't a huge shock because we kind of worked it out. So what was going through your mind then? So obviously then you found out it's down to stroke B. What was 
and and knowing that it could have been prevented mm. by a test and living pan antibiotic. What was going? I think it was just pure anger, rage. Yeah, and I actually got really angry with the hospital on the phone, and I said, you know, okay, so what will happen now? Yeah, now that this has happened. And August has what died. What are you going to do about what, it? What will you do differently so that this doesn't happen to anybody else? Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, unfortunately, nothing will change. I said, so how many women at the Royal Barks does this happen to? And they said, oh, you know, probably one a year. So at that point, Liam and I thought, that one person this year is me. Yeah. Next year, if they're not going to do something to prevent it, we need to do something yeah. Yeah. to raise awareness to doesn't get people tested. It's just one. And at that 
we had just always loved the name. He came up with it and we just always loved it. I think it's just like positive and happy yeah. and summery. It's a great month, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we just always thought it, f- it fitted. Yeah. Um, love that. Go on, yeah, carry on. <laughs> carry on. Yeah, I, just, I, just, I, 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 I want to ask for like August because I love it. Yeah, we love it too. But um, I guess the way everything kind of came about was at, it was actually before um, we'd spoken to the hospital and we had everything confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a few days after we had buried August and we were sat at home just watching TV, like, you know, numb, I guess, yeah. not really knowing yeah. what's going on. And I suppose Liam and I reacted very differently. He was very um, strong and silent and going to work yeah. and, you know, just trying to get on with things and look after me. And I just wanted to talk and talk and cry and look at pictures of yeah. her. And we were just not clashing, but I guess finding it difficult to grieve together because we were grieving so differently and I think it got to a bit of a head and I just said to him like you need to talk because I don't know what's going on in your head Mm -hmm. you know I went up to bed and um we'd been watching this program I May Destroy You I don't know if you saw it it was on BBC for the summer yeah yeah Yeah. and um it was the first thing that we'd actually been able to like properly engage in yeah Yeah, because it was quite gritty Mm -hmm. but we loved the soundtrack and yeah great soundtrack yeah Liam Shazammed a lot of the songs and anyway he heard one song on the on the program that night when I'd said to him you know I think you really really need to just try and talk a bit Mm -hmm. um and it just kind of resonated and it was called about her and he looked it up and it was a French producer and we'd never heard of it it was quite old yeah um, I went to bed and he was like, I'll be up in a bit. Anyway, he didn't come to bed. And in the morning I was like, well, who are you? And he said, I've written a song to that song. I've like written a track to that song. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he went off to the studio the next day cause his friend uh, has a studio and they recorded it and he came back and he said, oh, do you want to hear it? And I was like, okay, like literally no idea what this yeah, is going to be very like. Fa- yeah. Like yeah. what? Yeah. I mean, he, he used to do music like at youth club when we were yeah, at school. Yeah. So it's been a long, long time since he's done the thing like that. But anyway, I put these... You think he's going to bring like a funky beat? And yeah. Like, like, I don't know if that's a vibe. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. But anyway, I, I listened to it and literally the first line of the song, I just started crying. My heart yeah. just like broke. Um, but it was amazing. And it was... The words just... Everything he said in the song was everything I was feeling, but he couldn't say. Couldn't say, yeah. And I just... I said, said to him this is amazing. And he was like, oh, do you think? And I said, yeah, yeah, like, you need to share that with people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, I just wrote it for you. And I said, you really, really need to share it. So anyway, I persuaded him to just, just send it to a few friends and family. Yeah. And then, um, it kind of just spiraled, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got a friend who works at One Extra and I sent it to her and I said, oh, you know, what do you think? Like, mm-hmm. is this good? And she's like, you need to come on the show. Yeah. So we went on the Mr. Jam show and we told our story and he played the song and then Liam spoke afterwards and we just had such an overwhelming response yeah. from people who hadn't lost and people who had lost. Mm. And that's why I think what is so fantastic about it is that you've managed to touch people that haven't lost yeah, and to paint a picture for them. Yeah. Um, to show an insight of to what this life is like. Yeah. Um, and there's something incredibly powerful about that. Yeah, I think so. It's it's really hit a few demographics. And, yeah. like, I still don't think to this day Liam knows how powerful this has been for yeah. people because we... I well, I it. found you that way. Yeah, exactly. I found you that way through someone shared on their story. And I saw... It was a picture of the bench, him, the buggy. Yeah. Man, and I was like, that's a really... 
different picture. Yeah. And it's what was an IGTV I listened to, and I was like, oh my gosh. I followed you from then. That's amazing. Yeah. Power of social media. Yeah. But, when it um, works, it works. It does, <laughs> yeah. But we had so many people um, reach out to our, because I've got an account for August, mm-hmm. um, after that saying they had to pull over on the motorway because they were just in tears. Mm. Um, Mr. Jam was getting texts like real time whilst yeah. the song was playing. People were just like, I'm overwhelmed. Mm. Um, and I guess people were like, how have they managed to do this in mm. like the depths of grief? Like yeah. Liam filmed the video. His whole idea was the bench and the empty yeah. buggy. And so it was kind of anonymous, but shows that everybody yeah. can experience loss, mm-hmm. you know, however. Yeah. And isn't that apparent now when you see Chrissy Teigen and, yeah. and John Legend, you know, it doesn't matter if you're multimillionaires, this can still happen mm-hmm. to you. Um, and from then things just started spiraling really. At that point, um, we then, when we'd gone on the Mr. Jam show, by then we did actually know that August had passed away from strep B. Yeah, but at the time, the time of filming the video, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a little slot on the Mr. Jam show to talk about Group B strep. Mm-hmm. And from then, we just had a lot of people contact us. So the BBC got in touch. So we did yeah. a, a long interview on BBC yeah. Berkshire where we kind of told our story fully mm-hmm. and um i'll link all of this by the way guys so you can <laughs> see don't worry and then um bbc south got in touch so we actually filmed our story mm-hmm. um and i guess from that we've just had so many people reach out to us and it's been amazing to hear like pregnant women have come to me and said i'm pregnant i saw your story i went and got tested yeah. i'm positive mm-hmm. i've planned to have antibiotics for my birth now without you like i don't I know what i've thought about yeah it. i yeah. don't know what would have happened and then these babies have been born and you know we've had people reach out to us from the caribbean mm. from los angeles from australia it's really gone quite worldwide and people have heard our story heard about group b strep and i guess most importantly for us is heard about our daughter just what like to say because when name. when somebody dies i think you're so terrified especially when it's a baby Mm. that people will just forget Mm -hmm. and one of the um lines in liam's song actually is like um the world keeps turning but i failed to rotate Mm. and that is how you feel i think when somebody close to you dies like everybody else gets on with their life yeah but you just can't still you're you're standing standing still still and Mm. you see people move on and it's hard to see everyone else kind of you want everyone to be happy, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you can't relate to that yeah. happiness because you're yeah. you're not there. That's not me right now. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's been a horrendous journey, but I think we have made the absolute best of it that we can. And I think Absolutely. we've touched a lot, not only just the baby loss world, but also male grief, because I yeah. think it's very unspoken. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had so many men reach out to us or women who said, my husband listened to that song yeah. and he's never heard anything like that before. We lost a baby 10 years ago and yeah. he's never been able to speak about it. And, you know, and now he is. Yeah, yeah. Kind of opening that, that conversation up, um, which has been amazing. So I guess the fact that we're helping other people gives mm-hmm. us comfort. And within two weeks we'd raised 10,000 pounds for the yeah, group. Yeah. So yeah, the money you've raised. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's still ticking up as well. And we can, mm. we just have to thank all our, friends and family and anonymous donators and people that don't even know us that yeah. have don't heard our story and donated because it means so much to us and we're obviously getting really involved with the charity now about mm-hmm. you know any other awareness things we can do but yeah it's been um 
it's been a, a crazy, crazy journey, but mm. I guess all I can say is that August has a legacy and she will never be forgotten because yeah. she's saved so many people's lives. Exactly, and saved so many, so, so many babies. Like, I can't imagine what, like, a, um, like a feeling that is of having, you know, like, pregnant women come to you mm. and and say, you know, your story has gone out and made me get tested. Mm. Is it quite bittersweet? Because you kind of think, do you know what? I wish someone else did this for me. Uh, we have had moments where we felt that. Like, we are delighted we're doing that for people. Yeah. But I remember seeing on Facebook a video of this morning, two years ago, from a couple that went through the same thing as us. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, why didn't I see that? Mm. You know, uh, this is... If I had just seen that video, I just would have gone and paid 35 quid for a test and things would be so different. So I guess we do have our moments where it's frustrating that we didn't know. Mm -hmm. But I I suppose you just have to think positively and think we've helped so many others. Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing wrong, I don't think, either in... I commend you for having such a positive outlook still. And it kind of goes... Some into, days it's not like I was that. to say, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the next question would sort of be, yeah, what's your outlook on life now? Mm. You say you, well, you put a positive spin, but... I would say every day is like really up and down. Liam's much stronger than me. He goes out to work every day. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to go back to work yet. Some days I can't even see family. I just don't yeah. feel like it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I'm okay. But I do have my really, really bad yeah. days. I'd say my outlook on life now is only when you've experienced rock bottom can you look at things with such a different perspective. Mm-hmm. My outlook on life is so different now. I think I used to worry about so many stupid things. I used to worry mm. about work yeah. and worry about nonsense. And actually, the only thing that's important in life is your health. Yeah your family, mm-hmm. your friends. Mm-hmm. And when you lose a baby or you lose anyone, but I think particularly when you're so excited to have a baby and then it gets so snatched away from mm-hmm. you, you realise how much you take for granted in life. The fragility, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And so I would say just forget the small things. Mm-hmm. Like we're so lucky and so blessed. And even though we've been through all of this, we still see ourselves as you know, very, very grateful and blessed for the people we have around us mm-hmm. and the fact that we had August yeah. and we met her and, you know, she's our daughter and she always will be our daughter. But I guess just don't sweat the small stuff. It's mm-hmm. so much in life is so insignificant. Yeah. And it's not people's fault, but I see, you know, people moaning about being up all night with their babies or their babies misbehaving or yeah. kids being difficult. And I think, what I would so give lucky. to yeah. be up all night with yeah. my baby. And it's not people's fault, you know. Of course ev- not. Everybody course not. has ups and downs. Yeah. And, but I just feel like I've never... They do say that losing a baby is one of the worst things you can ever go through. Yeah. And I guess once you've experienced horrible loss, mm-hmm. everything else seems so insignificant. Everything pales to come in comparison, it does. isn't it? Yeah. I sort of said that. I, I wrote a post on it not long ago and I put... It was after I'd lost my job. Mm. And I, I, forget, I, I woke up in the morning and I got the email. Oh, have you lost your job? Made redundant. Mm. I literally looked and I went, oh, shame about the concessions. Yeah. Firstly. <laughs> the discount. Yeah, the discount. <laughs> but then I was like, do you know what? I've been through worse. Yeah. I've been through worse. That's what I say every exactly. time something when, happens. When something just goes, you go, oh, I know. been through worse. Yeah. 
I'll be all right with this. The other yeah. day, my um, I I went home and I had like loads of parking tickets, and I yeah. looked, I looked at them and. It was my car, but it was in London, and I haven't mm. even left Reading, like let alone yeah. go to London. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "That's weird," and it had pictures. So I was like, "Yeah, eh? like I know we we haven't been we in haven't my been. car in London." Yeah. Anyway, it turns out that my car's been cloned. And Stop. I know <gasps> <laughs> my number plate's been cloned. So I think today, I when we went on holiday last week, I had eight parking tickets that week. Jesus through. Christ. So I've had speeding fines, I've had bus lane contraventions, and I think normally I'd be getting myself so worked up yeah, about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm having to. Well, my dad, bless him, is appealing everyone for me, and yeah. I've gone to the police, I've gone to the DVLA, and my dad actually got pulled over in my car the other day. So they they oh. know that yeah, something's, something's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but normally, I think I'd be getting myself so worked up about something like that. Yeah. But every time I think about it, I'm like, do you know what? It actually pales into insignificance. Yeah. Okay, I've got to do a bit of admin with tickets and it's annoying. But actually, like, who cares? Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. I think people who, who haven't been through a loss, I think they might think we we don't, like, feel like other, like, yeah. obviously, where nothing pales to it. But those things still annoy us yeah. or upset us and aggravate us. But, but you're not really just, shocked anymore. I'm not stuff. You've experienced some of the most traumatic and shocking things. Mm. You're like, try and one up that, hun. Yeah. Like, try and one up yeah, that. Nothing, exactly. nothing will. No. Yeah, and I think you have a lot of people, um, I can imagine like both our lives maybe a bit like, oh, like, do you, like, do you does nothing phase you anymore? Yeah. It's a bit like, not really. no, not really. I know. <laughs> and I used to think that was quite a negative thing with me. I kind of thought I was a bit, shut up and I was like no I actually think it's possibly one of my greatest traits now and I think that's a big thing that comes from loss and my friends have really tried to hammer this home to me I think when you lose a baby your confidence really goes like when you Mm. have a baby I think your confidence quite Mm. goes anyways from what my friends tell me but when you lose it and you feel like you weren't able to carry the baby Mm. and it's silly and people tell me like I know it's not logical but sometimes as a woman that's how you feel um but um I can't remember where I was even going with that. <laughs> but I think basically, when you when you have given birth to a child that you know is not going to be alive, mm. anything else, I think, well, it can't yeah. be as bad as, as that. that. Yeah, so I've been through I'll the get trenches. Through it. And my yeah. friend said to me, "You've come out of this like a different person." To me, I don't feel confident, but to them, they're like, "You're like this strong woman." Mm. Like, I don't feel like I get what you've gone through. You've done all this and. And you've still fundraised and tried to be positive and make turn it into something yeah. for other people. Mm. And I suppose, like, maybe that is something good that's come out of it is I'll never be the same. I'll always be different. Mm-hmm. But maybe my difference a bit better, a bit stronger. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Not so worrying and anxious. And Yeah, yeah. I used to, yeah, think like that sort of too. Um, I didn't sort of realise how much I've changed um, sort of really until I started Grief Gang. And um, I kind of looked back at previous me and I wrote a letter to my my younger self, which I found really, really therapeutic and I'd strongly advise anyone to do it. Mm. Um, And I kind of just went through the timeline of everything I've been through. And I kind of looked back and I was like, I've changed. I was like, do you know what? I like the new me a lot better. Yeah. I like the new empathetic me. Mm more helpful me yeah they're not so angry at the fucking world yeah. me yeah 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 um but yeah hindsight is a beautiful thing it really is mm. and i think i i beat myself up 
quite a lot in the beginning because I actually didn't really like being pregnant. And I think that's quite a hard mm. thing to admit. But I found it really hard. I was quite poorly in the beginning. I was quite sick. And mm. I was traveling into London two hours each day, yeah, each way, yeah, yeah. each day. And that when you've got morning sickness is pretty yeah, tough. Yeah. And, you know, my job's quite high pressure, high mm-hmm. stress. And I worked right up until the end. Mm. And I, I just didn't particularly enjoy the experience. And then mm. I felt so horribly guilty afterwards because yeah. I thought... I should have treasured every moment. Mm. Who cares that I felt like a whale? Who cares that mm. my face blew up like a balloon? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that I've always been, like, quite weight conscious and, you know, quite hard on myself. Mm. And I look at myself now and I think, why did you ever care about yeah. that? Yeah. The most important thing is that you're healthy. Yeah. And, like... And you're here and you're kicking and you're thriving. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's another thing that I've really changed my outlook on is, like, Health is the most important thing. Yeah, Health absolutely. and your family. Yeah, absolutely love that. One more question before the last one. Um, I don't think I sent it to you, but what's what is a misconception of baby loss that you would like to break? Like, there's quite a few. I think. Yeah, yeah I think people. There's a lot of things that people say to you when you have a baby, when you have baby loss, and they think that they're being helpful and you know, people are so lovely and they just want to help you and it's never said in malice. But Mm -hmm. I think people say things like, well, at least you can get pregnant. Yeah. I mean, that's so irrelevant. When you are in the throes of grief Mm, and you've lost literally a part of you, that's not helpful. And the other thing that people say a lot is, um, and why people think that it's okay to just come out with things like this. Brazen, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh. oh." Yeah. Um, They're like, Oh, you're trying again. Oh god, I did. And I, I just think like say that. I knew you were gonna say that. It's just so it's such an inappropriate question. Like I she's think. just replaceable. Yeah. And just have another one. Just have another and one. That's or like... people say and I've never had this, and I think it's because August when she came, she was a fully grown, beautiful mm. baby. Mm. But I think a lot of my people I've met through the baby loss world say that people will say it just wasn't meant to be when they have a miscarriage or, mm. you know, they have a loss. Mm. And that's not helpful. No, no. That's that's dismissing how you feel and dismissing that you were pregnant and yeah. As soon as you take a pregnancy test, you imagine your whole life, and then it do. gets like snatched away from you, mm-hmm. and you just feel like some days you just don't know how you're going to function because mm. how can you be? How can you get on with life when? Yeah, that's how you feel. Yeah. So, I think yeah, probably a bit of a misconception that if if you have another baby you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with grief, whether it's a baby, whether it's like you with your mum, like mm. it never leaves you. Mm. We went on holiday. It was lovely. Still thought about August every day. Of course. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you can't just forget it and move on. No. And I think there's something quite beautiful in that. Because yeah. if you were able to just forget and move on, what did they mean? Yeah. They didn't mean anything. To, to go a lifetime forever thinking about them and then weighing so heavy on your soul, regardless if they she was here, you know, for how long mm. she was, regardless of my mum was here for 19 years of my life, for them to still have such an impact on our lives, yeah. regardless of being here or not, I think is truly beautiful. It is. And Liam always says that. He always says, you know, that little okay, girl. The sun just came beaming I know, in there. It and that was... <laughs> <laughs> um, he always says, you know, that little girl is so blessed, like, she doesn't even realise everything that she's done for the yeah. world and for us and she'll just always be remembered. And mm. you're right, like, there is something beautiful in that, that they will always be with you. Yeah. 
definitely to look at it as a positive thing i guess that you can't just forget and move on yeah absolutely all righty our last question is my favorite one <laughs> if you could tell your past self one bit of truthful and honest advice for this grief journey you're about mm. to endure what would it be sounds so cliche because when people used to say it to me when this first happened i used to be like whatever yeah like piss off literally (laughs) i just don't want to hear it but i've met a lot of people through the charities and you know sans and tommy's who've been amazing Mm -hmm. and they said you won't feel it now but i promise you it will get easier Mm -hmm. and i never thought it would get easier some days it's still really hard but some days it is easier Mm -hmm. my outbursts of tears are less Mm -hmm. i can go food shopping now Mm -hmm. i can go into town Mm -hmm. sometimes i don't feel like it but i can do it whereas in the beginning i was so low functioning Mm -hmm. i just thought there's no way this will ever get easier so i think small wins small wins and it does get easier because it only can get easier it can't get harder than that it just can't yeah um, and I think when the shock begins to lessen, that's when you begin to feel slightly better. Yeah. It'll never go away, as we said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the thing I would say is, I know it doesn't feel like it, but it does get easier. Amazing. Oh, these are done. It's been <gasps> emotional. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm a bit flabbergasted because I feel like, oh, I kind of held it together a little bit, and, but I'm like, oh god. Um, <laughs> we did have some tears. Together. We did, but you know what? That's the reality of it. Um, thank you so much thank for you. this. Like I said in the beginning, there's no one who I thought I wouldn't would wanted to have opened the door to baby loss with other than yourself and the work you have done. You and Liam continue to do in the name of beautiful, beautiful baby August <laughs> is inspiring. Thank and you. yeah i'm gonna go for like crying again <laughs> um so grief gang i hope you've enjoyed listening to this um you've all been crying with us as we've cried too <laughs> um please do i'm trying to, oh, there's so many things i want to tag but i will put them all in the um post on instagram but please do follow louisa and her amazing journey um over at it's all about august on instagram and i will link um liam's music video and your bbc interview as Thank well because um it needs to be seen so take care lots of love grief gang over and out bye bye <laughs> Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start. Whether you've laughed a little, cried a little, I mean, I think crying is good for the soul, or you've resonated with something that was said, thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and subscribe. In doing so, you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the Grief Gang podcast and hopefully help them too. If you're not already, check out The Grief Gang on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm most active on the Instagram page where I love, love, love to connect with you all. For now, take care and big, big love. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 